So, I have a confession. <laughs> Growing up for quite a while, I felt like I was an alien living inside a human girl's skin. <laughs> See, I love my family, my father, my mother, my sisters, but I felt like there was a barrier between us, and they didn't quite take me as their own. I didn't fit in with my peers, or I felt like any humans in general, and I felt like whatever normal was, I was failing at it, and everyone knew and was secretly talking about it behind my back. So I didn't fit in and felt with my family, my town, or the world, and all I could do was fall into books and fall into reading and imagine myself with different personalities and living a different life that might feel more true than this one. But it wasn't until I was 12 till I discovered why I never felt right with my family. Till I uncovered the twist of fate that left me into a strange existence. <laughs> Till I discovered the lies that I had been living. It wasn't that I was an alien, no. I was meant to be Oprah Winfrey's daughter. <laughs> See, as a kid, I knew I felt too much. I wanted too much. My heart was always at my fingertips. My imagination was too big. My mother would always send me downstairs with a chill, stop your noise and your questions and your nonsense. We're Jamaican. <laughs> so her way of satisfying my curiosity was to just send me off by myself, which I felt really sad about because I ached to understand the world. I wanted to understand people and what they said and what they did, but really what they meant behind what they said and what they did. So I fell into books because that was the closest I could get to absorbing a character and knowing their thoughts and emotions closely. I wanted this level of emotional intimacy in my real life, but my family was distant and my mother made it clear that she preferred me when I was not seen and not heard. So it was 12 years old when something magical happened. I was struck down with the chicken pox. <laughs> it was very traumatic. And for weeks I was ostracized away from my mother and my home. I was particularly itchy and pus filled and she made sure I was away from her because she never had chicken pox herself. She said it was worse for older people. She might go blind or die from it if she caught it from me. She said, I don't want to catch that chicken pox. So I was home alone by myself in front of the TV in the basement, away from her for weeks. And for days I felt so lonely and I ached to be held and I felt like there was some curse, like perhaps there was a witch who had cursed me or it was kind of like leprosy in the biblical times. But this was my fate now. I had never felt like I belonged and now I had this chicken pox curse and I would be ostracized from society entirely. But then there was a 24 hour marathon of Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> and suddenly there was comfort. I fell in love with the way she carried her guests and her audience's heart inside her hands, that she had so much compassion and curiosity, but it was never mixed up because she had deep empathy for everything everybody got through, had gone through on her show. 
throughout the different episodes where she interviewed celebrities, where she interviewed people who had went homeless, who had lived through traumatic life and death episodes. Oprah Winfrey had empathy and love for everyone, and it was more clear and real to me than anything in my life. I remember sitting there and absorbing her through the screen and connecting so deeply with her because she stirred inside me something that was deep, this wanting to be known and to be long. And I looked at her and I absorbed those episodes and I wanted to be in the right place in the right time to get more of Oprah's teachings. And I felt like if Oprah Winfrey was my mother, everything would be perfect. <laughs> Because Oprah Winfrey wouldn't send me downstairs when I had questions. She would address them, and we would talk about them, and we would get an expert in, and we would talk in a round table, and we would laugh, or we would cry, whichever was most appropriate, perhaps both, and it would be beautiful, and I knew that this was the life I was supposed to be living. I said, Oprah Winfrey wouldn't leave me home alone sick on the couch. She would be here cuddling me, or she would get a third party who already had chicken pox to cuddle me while she sat safely in the corner reading me books and making me cocoa. I've watched this show for years. The 4 p.m. broadcast was a necessary thing in my life. After school, I would have to come home and watch, more, watch my Oprah. But I also discovered there was a midnight rebroadcast <laughs> that I discovered late one night. So sometimes I would wake up and get another dose of Oprah when I really needed her to help me through. I loved watching her show and I was obsessed with it for years. And I knew it wasn't really a cool thing so I didn't really share it with anyone else. But there was this secret deep thing that Oprah and I had and I loved watching her episodes. And it was something that worked itself into my subconscious because at night for years, on and off, I would have dreams, different scenarios, but always with the same result. I became Oprah Winfrey's daughter. So there was one dream where there was just a adoption mix-up that came to light in the tabloids where she discovered I was her daughter that way. There was the dream where she was just looking in the world for, you know, genuinely awesome people and I happened to be selected and then it was uncovered that it was actually a hunt to find her real daughter. And then there was also the dream where I had come down with something sick that only a relative's genetic blood would fix. And when my family was proven not to be it, Oprah Winfrey herself would take the test, and it was proven she was my genetic mother of truth. <laughs> So it went on for years and I tried to wean myself off of Oprah, but I was deeply obsessed with her. I loved her book club. I felt like she started that just for me. I loved her favorite things episodes. I would take notes on what products I could possibly afford to get my hands on. And I also really deeply was obsessed when she had episodes where she reunited long lost family members. <laughs> because these episodes really stirred something deep within me. I would watch Oprah's reaction closely and watch the joy that she shared in reuniting these family members, and it gave me hope. Hope that maybe one day Oprah would have that same joy when she met me. 
and she would see me with her eyes, but she would know me with her soul, and we would embrace, and it would be a beautiful scene like the color purple. But as I said, I had to wean myself off of her. I had to live my real life. So I decided that, you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and live the life that if Oprah found me, she would be proud of me. So it was years later, I was in college, it was my senior year of college, and I had applied for the resident advisor in an all-freshman girls dorm. And I got the position and I threw myself into it because I wanted to be a beacon for these girls and I wanted to help them out with the transition and I wanted to be there for them. And I also really took the opportunity to bond to my other RA girls, because I realized we were going through this really awesome experience together, and we really needed to bond and share best practices or what was helping us through. <laughs> so sometimes I would throw parties, or we would have socials, whatever I could do to really just feel connected on this experience. So one night I had thrown a little social in my room with the RA girls and we were drinking a little and talking about our childhood crushes and a lot of the girls were squealing over Jonathan Taylor Thomas and some other people and I was just kind of sitting there quietly thinking, no, who is he? He might have nice hair, but is he Oprah? So when it came to me, I couldn't help but blurt out, I have been obsessed with Oprah Winfrey for years. I am so inspired by her. I have had dreams where she's discovered that I was meant to be her daughter, or she discovered that she was meant to adopt me, and I basically live my life so that Oprah can be proud of me. And when none of my friends said anything, they looked at me. I realized it was quite a passionate speech I delivered. And I felt a little embarrassed about uncovering something so deep about myself in front of them. But my closest friend put her hand on my hand, and she looked me deep in the eye, and she said, if I was Oprah Winfrey, I would adopt you. And I looked around this room full of amazing young women that I connected with so deeply, and I thought about this experience that I had thrown myself into, that I was continuing to do, and I realized there was no more alien me. I had shed this feeling of being alienated from humanity, and I was actually connecting to people on a real level, and they wanted to get to know me, and they were excited about knowing deep parts of myself. And I felt so excited in that moment. I realized even if we weren't related, even if I haven't met her yet, <laughs> even if I'm not supposed, supposedly her daughter, we'll find out. <laughs> wherever, she, wherever she was doing whatever amazing thing she was doing, Oprah Winfrey would be proud of me. Aww. Thank you. Aww.